Welcome to another episode of the Nourishing Reefs podcast. Today I'm joined by the lovely Shauna Hill again for another lovely podcast about nutrition and good health. Today's topic is all about digestion to continue our discussion and also to share some more insights on women's hormonal health and well-being. Thank you, Lee. It's so great to be back. Um, I'm Shauna Hill. I'm a registered dietitian. I've been a dietitian for over 20 years. I have a, a background in clinical nutrition and nutrition education. Um, and now I have my own business at shaunahillnutrition.com. A couple of my focuses are uh, boosting energy and optimizing mental clarity for women. That is my primary focus at this time. The reason that I was interested in talking about this topic today, digestion, is that it affects everything that we do. So it affects our energy levels and our mental clarity. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Great. Thank you so much, Shona. I'm so happy that you have chosen this topic today. My name is Lee Taylor, for those who don't know me, and I run a business called Nourishing Rest, part of a, of a greater picture to support women on their holistic well-being journey. I myself suffer from a chronic illness, which I've had for almost 12 years now. And it always surprises me that one can get taken by surprise with chronic illness or things that creep up on you one minute you feel okay and the next minute you can just be down I've just gone through a journey myself in the last few weeks of being bedridden with ill health especially with digestion so it's very interesting for me today to chat to Shauna and to find out more about how this gut affects our energy levels and also affects just everything that we do how all of our well-being really stems from the gut like they often say so many diseases start from the gut I thought I would start talking about how the gut affects the other areas of our health and our other body systems so we have over a hundred trillion bacteria just in our gut we have more bacteria cells than we do human cells wow and within our digestive system, we have, there are 300 to 500 different species of bacteria. Some are beneficial to us, some are more detrimental. So it's important that we maintain this balance in our digestive system with these bacteria. So just to give you a general idea of what these bacteria in our digestive system can impact the rest of our lives. It can affect our immune function. 70 to 80% of our immune system is in the digestive system. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. So yes. Yeah, so if we don't have a healthy gut, then the rest of us is not going to be healthy. It also affects our mental health. Serotonin is regulated in part in the digestive system. It affects our hormone balance estrogen definitely, but other hormones as well, which can affect our weight, our mood, our libido. So all of those are affected by the bacteria, bacterial balance in our gut. Uh, food sensitivities are affected by our, how healthy our gut is and, and then our skin health. So we actually, um, when people, when you hear the term microbiome, 
in terms of <clears throat> human microbiome. We have a microbiome in the gut, in all of our mucus passages, and then all over our skin. And our skin is the largest system of our body. Also, I don't want to forget, it can affect our energy levels and our sleep because it affects our the bacterial balance, again, affects circadian rhythm. So all of those are affected by that delicate balance of bacteria in our gut. And it's different for every person. So every person has their own kind of makeup, just as we, we all look different, we have different bacteria in our gut and there's different species. They're, it's interesting because they, for the past 20 years, they've really, the scientists have really learned a lot about how the gut affects the rest of our body. So they're still, they're still learning. Yeah. Um, but we do know that we do know some things that definitely make our gut healthier. And so the way they determine it is not necessarily by the, you know, measuring how many bacteria you have of this type you have and how many of this type you have in your gut. Although they do, they do experiments that way. But the easiest or most straightforward way to tell if your gut is healthy is sometimes looking at each of these systems that I just mentioned. Yeah. So, and, and they have associated some of your gut health with some of these other um, conditions and then back to what people are eating and their lifestyle choices. So yeah. that's, that's one, that's what I really want to focus on is what are, what are the lifestyle choices and eating habits that are going to help you have a healthier gut? Okay. So yeah. all it means is biome indicates living cells. So they're small living cells and bacteria. When people refer to the microbiota or the microbiome, a lot of people use it just to refer to the digestive system. But as I said, it's also in our mucous membranes and our skin as well. Yeah, amazing. And how, what do you think the role is also with uh, food and 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 the the role of nutrition with our mood? Just you know, as people are going through mm -hmm. so many changes and so many things, staying at home, perhaps more now during the pandemic, different lifestyle choices. Can you say something just about mood and food? Yeah, yeah. So there, as far as the digestive system goes, there are a couple of ways that it affects our mood. One is it, it uh, regulates serotonin, so which, is, which affects our, is a neurotransmitter that affects our mood. And it also regulates estrogen, which for women in particular, they can see uh, shifts in, in mood because we have more estrogen. And when it's regulated, our digestive system is not healthy then we are not clearing some of that estrogen that is running through as, as efficiently as we should. So it affects it in those two ways. So as far as what food can affect, that's also, there's also a couple of, of ways to think about that. So there are foods like alcohol that are depressants. Yeah. That's just what they are regardless of what they do in the gut, 
and that can affect your mood. Caffeine can affect your mood. Sometimes in, in certain amounts, it can be a positive thing or feel like a positive thing. In certain amounts, it can be, it can just cause you to feel confused. And so those types of things affect mood in and of themselves. But then there's also, as far as having a healthy gut and starting on that road to having a, a good balance of good bacteria in your gut that will regulate serotonin and, and estrogen, probiotics and prebiotics can help with that. So when I say probiotic and prebiotic, to me, that, that sounds like a medicine, but, and you can, you can buy, you know, over the counter probiotics and prebiotics that are in pills, but we, we also have them in foods. So in which, which I always encourage people to do first, because there are more there's more to food than the prebiotic and probiotic aspects, right? They also nourish us in other ways. So prebiotic foods are generally whole grains, fruits and vegetables. Okay. So it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's pretty much what we're, we've been told to eat and increase in our diet for decades or more. So, so those foods, the way they work in the gut, as far as the prebiotics, is they the fiber that's in them is fermented in the gut, and then it it produces the probiotics, which are good for the good bacteria. Yeah, and then there are probiotic foods that already have the probiotics in them, and are the good bacteria in them. Those are generally fermented foods like kefir, um, yogurt with live cultures. Oh, there's so many things. Miso, sauerkraut, yeah. fermented vegetables. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is, if someone was trying to improve their mood with their food, I would say the foods that you want to add, that you want to make sure you're getting enough of are fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and then add some fermented foods to your diet every day. Okay. And, okay. and when you say every day, do you mean, how often do you eat that every day? Like, and how much of that on generally yes, speaking? That, people, that's yeah? a good question. I know <laughs> I, there is not a good answer to that right now. Okay. All they know is that, and this is, you know, from my own research, I always look things up before I, I um, give a talk like this. As far as I know, there's not a specific amount right now. They just know that Uh, fermented foods have the probiotics and uh, people who eat fermented foods on a regular basis tend to have a healthier gut. Awesome. So um, I would just say include it every day. It doesn't, and for me, I'm not in the habit of eating fermented foods except yogurt. I do eat yogurt on an occasional basis. For someone like me, I would say just add you know, a tablespoon or two of sauerkraut on top of your soup or drinking kefir or eating yogurt, if you can eat dairy, but people who are already doing it are probably, they, they probably already have a, that's a good habit already. Yeah. I, and I, I couldn't say exactly how much. It's safe to, to eat some of it every day. You can't. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, get apart from, you know, people that for whatever reason don't tolerate something. Maybe I can ask, what is your opinion on prebiotics and probiotics? Do you think that it's, you get enough nutritional value and enough, good enough amount for your gut? Have that naturally? Or do you think that supplements, what is the role of supplements? Sure. In addition, especially yeah. for busy people, I guess not everybody you know, remembers to do that. It's easier for them to pop a tablet, but it might not be as effective. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. So there's still a lot of research to be done. So when the, the probiotics and prebiotics are put in pill form, they're choosing specific bacteria to put in there, right? Yeah. But as I said, there's 300 to 500 different species in our gut. Wow. So we still don't know exactly how much you need of each of these things, right? To have a good balance. There, there have been studies with very specific um, probiotics, particularly where some doctors feel comfortable saying, I'm, let me prescribe this for you, or I recommend you get this um, and take it on a daily basis. I recommend to people is if they, especially if they have a specific digestive issue that they're dealing with, like for instance, for me, I don't have any particular problems going on right now with my digestive system. So for someone like me, I would just say, you know, eat, eat this food, practice these healthy lifestyle practices to make sure that you, your gut is healthy and you maintain it. For someone with a specific condition, I would recommend instead of just buying a probiotic or prebiotic, that you work with a healthcare professional who knows something about it and who, who can, at the very least, look at reliable sources and say, yes, this particular probiotic seems to work for this condition. Yeah. I think, I think these days also, I know just in some of the, the, the research that I've done and also just my own journey, my own experience with having other chronic illnesses and then taking medication and your digestion is affected or then becomes quite damaged taking a lot of harsh medication or over medicating mm, yes. or being being over prescribed for yeah. prolonged periods of time especially things like ibuprofen which one thinks oh there's not a lot of harm perhaps in that but over a long period it, it really does affect the system yeah. and, and the immune yeah. system i've always tried to do things that heal more naturally especially you know if, if there's periods where i don't need so much medication so I'm in the habit of juicing quite regularly, doing vegetable mm. and fruit juices quite regularly. And I find that the enzymes are so good for digestion and, you know, apart from a boost of energy and that, you know, you feel good when you drink it. And I think mentally you also feel that you're doing something quite healthy. Yeah. But there seems to be a much greater demand now for people to buy digestive enzymes or you know over-the-counter kind of things that we've really moved away from from healing naturally through through food that it's easier just to you know buy medication and like as a secondary supplement so yeah this is just a, an, an interesting thing to see how many people do struggle we live in Spain and one of the things that we've noticed on almost every package that we buy is no matter what it is um, as it always says, no gluten or gluten-free on almost every single item. And we've never noticed that in any of the other places we've stayed in. So 
I don't know if that's something that's come up for a lot of physicians here and they've put that on, you know, labeling, have some laws of labeling or things like that. But it just seems that things have become so out of balance for people, you yes. know, globally that we need, we don't just eat well anymore. We need to take all these additional things constantly. And then that is sort of a vicious cycle where then everything becomes more and more out of balance. So it's returning yes. to this equilibrium, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I think we we have less control over our food than we did a few decades ago, even. Definitely less control than we had a hundred years ago. A lot, there's a lot less people farming. So when you don't have control over your food, you're relying on someone else to make sure that it is helpful. Yeah. Also in the States, we, and there's an interesting history where everything kind of, um, the, there was a synergy back in, I'd say, 50s, after World War II, they, they started making interstates, and so travel was a lot easier than that allowed people to take refrigerated trucks across the across the country, which brought new foods, which is great, except that, you know, the farther something gets from the source, the less fresh it's going to be, yeah. the less, the fewer nutrients there it's going to have, unless it's been preserved well. Yeah. So I agree that it, it is, it has become a vicious cycle. And I think we also have a lot more foods, even I've just noticed even in the last five years yeah. that are labeled gluten-free. You know, at first, I think it was viewed by a lot of healthcare professionals as a fad. Yeah. Like people thought that they didn't tolerate gluten, but I, I think what's happened in part is that we don't have healthy guts anymore. Yeah. And in general. And so when your gut isn't healthy, you can't tolerate as many things. And, but I've seen people who have, for instance, they're lactose intolerant. Yeah. And then we, we work and, and get their gut healthy. And then they can tolerate some, some dairy and milk. There are many reasons why someone might not tolerate something, but sometimes it's, it's in part just not having a healthy gut. And so my recommendation, you know, I can't, I can't get all of the food that we eat locally and control everything that, that it goes through in the process. But my recommendation is that as much as possible, choose fresh foods and, and then you, you process them at home. And then at least you have, have a little more control that way. And you can, you know, that if you're buying a bushel of apples when they're in season, that you've got the skin, you have the insides, you only take out the part that you're not going to eat versus when you uh, buy applesauce on the shelf, yeah. it's, you don't really know exactly the processes that it's gone through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's, it's, you know, when one gets more interested in food, especially if it's, um, you know, if you're kind of propelled to do it through, through, through ill health, then suddenly one gets very curious in finding out what the root source yeah. 
is of things. So, so it becomes a, you know, a really powerful education process. It's shocking to see how many things are, you know, the way that things are processed and the way that, you know, we think things are fresh off, you know, they're just fresh off the shelf or whatever, but they've gone through so many processes or been picked, you know, too early, they're unripe. So by the time we get them, they're not that nutritional value anymore that, you know, that you would have if you really picked it off the tree and, and ate it right. fresh. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, it's quite scary to think digestion can have such a massive impact on someone's life you know just like something that you that you kind of take for granted if you if you're feeling well then you take it for granted and exactly don't feel well then then you start becoming curious or you need to start you know on a cycle of medication yeah yeah I I think I'm my goal is to help people avoid getting to the point where they need medication for things that they can control and then for people who are you know, have already had to have procedures and medication, how can we get your gut healthy now? Yeah. What are, because it, you can, in most cases, regain gut health, but it, it takes time. Yeah. And I think that that's another historical factor that has influenced our, our choices between taking a medication versus eating or lifestyle changes because a lot of medications work right away almost. Yeah. And, but they also affect your gut. They change the pH and then some of those bacteria that thrive in a certain pH will die. Yeah. The good bacteria and the bacteria that will make you sick will thrive in that uh, level pH level. So it's a delicate balance and um, medication is, it's vital at times, but it can also have very negative effects. So we want to make lifestyle choices that are going to help us recover from some of those, I would even call it trauma that our body has gone through <laughs> because of the medications that we've taken and then, and then maintain that health as much as possible. And so, you know, it's a different struggle for different people. Some, some people have chronic illnesses that they, you know, they're, they're going to have a harder time maintaining a healthy gut, but it is in my, the way that I think about it is that food is something that I have control over. Yeah. I may not have control over the diseases I have, but I, I have control over food and I, I can choose foods that are going to make me healthier than if I didn't choose those foods. In the second half of our podcast, we'll continue discussing about eating mindfully, eating slowly and really enjoying. So do stay tuned. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about Shauna's wonderful work, please check out her website at shaunahillnutrition.com and I'd really encourage you to sign up for her blog and just some wonderful practical advice for women to enhance their nutrition and for everybody to stay healthy and well. Thank you so much for listening. And do check out the website www.nourishingrest.co 
for more information and guidance to support you on your healing and well-being journey.